We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Welcome, everyone, to the Film Vault. That's Anderson. I'm Brian Bishop, your hosts for today. Just occurred to me, Anderson, we have two films to talk about starring uh, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia alums. Uh, one very good, one not as good. We'll get into that in a second. Also, a listener assigned a movie from one Jared Patrick will be talked about by us. We're, we haven't done it in a while. We're going to line up on all three films. All three. Three for three. And I guess, I guess we'll be letting people down because we uh, I, I'm sure that our audience is going to be very disappointed to hear that uh, uh, Judy Bloom is not going to be I discussed. Are we, or, or can we? Or are we? Or, or will pu- we? Or Puss in Boots 1. Oh, geez. Or Puss in Boots 1. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, also, I'd like to say that uh, still... A Michael Jackson movie. I mean, Michael J- a Michael J. Fox movie uh, has been seen by <laughs> Very this. Very different. Uh, it's been seen by this fellow over oh, yes. here. I've seen it. Uh, it's available on the old Apple TV over there if you okay. are a subscribers, guys, and you would like to see still a Michael J. Fox movie. Uh, it's it's good. It's very good. I will be discussing that one next week. All right? It'll I'm be seen it by both week. of us next week. And uh, hopefully some other people can watch it as well. A lot of really creative things. Uh, I... <laughs> Remember uh, room 239, yeah, yeah, room 237, uh, which we both liked quite a bit with the, uh, the, the insane shining people. documentary. Yeah. The insane people who have these various yeah. theories on the shining. Have you seen that Avery? Yes, I did see room 237. They did something in that movie. I hadn't really seen done before where they were using clips from Kubrick films to tell the narrative. And it was amazing. And I haven't really seen it done effectively since until still, a Michael J. Fox movie. Right. Uh, it's very good. They're using all a bunch of Michael J. Fox movies uh, as he's describing what's going on to show what's happening. Uh, really? Hundreds of hours of viewing of his movies, I would imagine, to make things line up. So was it stuff that was kind of hiding in plain sight then? I don't know what that means. Did you get like, a new perspective on his illness? No. No, never. I mean, yeah, seeing, for sure. Like, was there anything you didn't notice, let's say, from Back to the Future? Well, it's kind of like, um, no. But it's, it's like with documentaries, you, you can't just be a talking head documentary or else you're dead in the water, right? Yeah. There's very few, very few exa- examples, uh, exceptions to that. I, I think that talking, most people are kind of just, they've had enough of the talking head. So it's always a, a matter of finding like creative ways to tell the story. And what they do with this uh, one is okay. rather than animation, he'll be talking about, you know, I was running down the hall after I found out my diagnosis and then they'd show like a shot from Doc Holliday. Oh, he's no, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I thought you were saying they were kind of linking up his illness with no. how he was doing no in one could the think movie. That. That no, no, reasonable, no reasonable person. Brian, I, I hate to do it, but I'm going to have to uh, agree with Brian on this I, one. I, no reasonable person would have thought that. Could have been. 
Could have been. Who knows? You know, I definitely could have. All right, Brian, you look dark. On, I feel on dark. The, on the video. Okay. All right. He does. He is shrouded in the darkness. It doesn't look good. I'm going to be honest. Really? If anyone's, if anyone's, <laughs> maybe close that. What? How well, is that going to help? It's going to help. It does All look right. like Brian is lit by candlelight. Did that help? <laughs> no, it looks, <laughs> looks worse. <laughs> looks more like Barry, Barry Lyndon than ever. <laughs> All right. Let's get into what we do here. The program. Explain still to me again. <laughs> so we'll be talking about still next week. Uh, three movies we're going to line up on. And uh, two of them uh, are forever going to live in unison or going to be connected because uh, of the both of the driving forces behind them are uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. Not even alums because they're still making that show. They're the main cast. Hey, before we get to fan fiction, uh, I want to do an apology to the listeners. Okay. Also, at the same like time, for the I would, general tone of the show, I would like to chastise the listeners. I would like to chastise both of you. I'd like to chastise everyone oh. except for Max McPhail. I have not seen Targets yet. <laughs> That's chastisable. Max McPhail, if I'm saying your your name wrong, I'm sorry, Max, but it's M C P H A I L McPhail. I believe. About right, I bet people, most people, fail on on spelling mm. his name, and the That's joke's true. on them. But Max McPhail emailed well me, done. and he said, "Hey, bro." What's up? I mean, this is his tone, right? What's up, bro? He's like, you forgot, you forgot a movie, bro, on uh, uh, irresponsible gun uh, handling. I'm scenes. sure I forgot a lot. Yeah, we we forgot quite a few, I'm sure. But the one that was in my head, and I kept, I even brought it up on the after disaster, and all all of us were trying to think of it. And I said, he's wild, he's wildly brandishing his gun. And everyone ducks. Goodfellas, Spider. Tommy was spider. Oh, Tommy was, yeah. What? That's your, that that, that could have been number one. That's right. It should have been number one on everyone's list, and we all missed it across the board. How was, irresponsible can you get? He's hammered. He's playing cards. He's, he's flailing around with a gun. He shoots spider in the foot. Your foot looks bigger than your head. I, yeah, I forgot Two about, separate scenes. We both forgot about that. Uh, because the, the, the one that came to mind for Goodfellas is Karen holding Karen. the gun on... Uh, that was on, passion, though. I mean, well, I wouldn't yeah, even call that irresponsible. irresponsible. I mean, I guess. Also, killing a sacred deer, there's a, a fairly... <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away, but killing of a sacred deer, fairly irresponsible mm. gun-toting, uh, blindfolded scene uh, within that, that Tw- movie. Twitter uh, user and listener of the show, Stephen Antonuccio, pointed out that we missed one in the Wild Bunch, where the general's firing a 50 caliber machine gun wildly around the town. You remember he has supposed to mount it on a... Uh, yes. Yeah. He's just indiscriminately firing a fucking 50 cal. I, uh... I don't, I don't like it when we miss the obvious ones, and I'm shocked that our listenership well, missed it, too. I, I thought that. I'd imagine that there's other Max McPhails out there that uh, that thought of it, but uh, you know, it, it just shows... Like, we only hear from a very small percentage of, of people who listen to this program who uh, who, who, who give us their, uh, their picks for the top five. So. True. Uh, guys, thank you very much. I, I, I'm fucking with you to an extent, but uh, how did we all miss that? If you're much of, shame. If, if you're much one of the shame. aforementioned listeners, uh, hop on the social media and uh, vote for mm-hmm. our top fives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of listeners, uh, Matt Rixner will have us watch A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh. We'll be watching that for Sounds next week's ominous. episode. I've been meaning to watch that for since it came out. So I've been meaning to watch that for years. And I'm very excited to have an excuse to watch A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I started it one night, but uh, I did not feel like uh, staying up till three in the morning to watch it. So I, okay. I was just curious to see how the opening scene goes. And uh, 2014's A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? Yeah. And okay. then finally, uh, you've heard me uh, talking about uh, a documentary that I produced that's now complete, and it's uh, doing the festival circuit, uh, Rand's La Lucha, and that is uh, playing uh, on the festival circuit. It, this Sunday, 
May 21st in New York City, the Big Apple Film Festival. You can go to the Big Apple Film Festival for tickets. If you uh, live in the New York area and you're, you're an uh, educator or you have friends or families who are, who are educators, it's, it's a very good movie. Very informative. Uh, right. Very well. I'm proud of that movie, being part of that movie. And you'll see a whole lot of stuff that Mike and I uh, shot and ran directed and I produced. And uh, good stuff. Good stuff. La, La Lucha, the, the Big Apple Film Festival. Oh, and thank you very much to everyone who is uh, a part of uh, Loaded for Bear. Things are going well. Things okay. are going swimmingly. Good. Your guy hasn't uh, transferred any of the money. It's still tied up in escrow. Well, I guess. I can't pay that's, people. That's I can't the, pay uh, people that's yet. The wrinkle. But we're still working. We're my still guy. Working. He's my guy all of a sudden. When he keeps he, the money. He's your guy until I get the money, and then he'll be my guy. That's a good point. Let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. So yeah, loadedforbeardoc.com for for that. All right, let's uh let's get to the actual program. Enough Anderson blabbing. Fan fiction. What have the people seen, Avery? Compiled by the Mitch Burns. Dan Hayde on Facebook watched still a Michael G. Fox movie. I think I get it now. Some of the most creative storytelling I've seen in any documentary using archival footage. Oh. Oh. To illustrate. Could have said that. Dare I say animate. Ooh. Each step along his life and career. That mm. makes sense. Anderson, what couldn't you say that? Mm. It was unlike anything I've ever seen, except for what Anderson said. At times, <laughs> it was heartbreaking as someone who grew up with uh, his movies and TV shows to see how much he has declined over the years and to see him struggle. But his optimism, sense of humor, and funny moments, especially with his family, pulls you right out of it. Definitely da recommend. Daniel Haidt, a contributor to Loaded for Bears. So sorry to uh, uh, lead me back to that water. But thank you, Daniel Haidt, for putting that in such eloquent words and uh, for contributing to my uh, documentary. Uh, however, uh, you should see Room 237. Because that will uh, allow you to see uh, the same, the same uh, techniques used. All right. All right. Jason Steinhoff, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Volume 3. Protagonist, Rocket. Antagonist, Evil Scientist. Plot, Storm the Castle. I laughed. I cried. I had a good time. He cried. Maybe he stubbed his toe. Oliver Judd on Facebook via the DC Film Fest. Uh, number one, the pod generation, an interesting near future sci-fi premise of being able to grow babies in external wombs. It didn't uh, know what kind of story it wanted to tell and left me wanting so much more in a bad way. Two stars. And secondly, the origin of evil, a French language, dark comedy thriller reminiscent of Knives Out. Worth the watch. Three stars. All right. And a, a Ron West on Facebook. I love that. Are you there, God? It might be because I have a 12-year-old daughter, but I really connected with this movie. A great coming-of-age tale from a female point of view. Everyone I've heard who's seen it has said good things, for what it's worth. Are you there, God? It's probably a good movie. I also got dusty at Guardians. Did you? I did. Really? And I also, I watched another movie that made me feel like a young balding Brian. Oh, oh. let's hear it. On Mother's Day, my mom sat the family down and we put on a little Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. I watched Air. Yeah. And I saw the world through bald Brian's lens. How the world work? <laughs> Simple. Pretty smooth? Just, yeah, pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Enjoyable. Fun. Yeah. Oh, just let it wash over That's me. That's right. Enjoyable. It was just a Brian smile on my face. Mm, I wish. I wish. And I was scared for the future of my mental but health. But you, you never saw air. No, 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 oh. no. It does go down smooth. I don't. Need, I don't think I need to, Barbara. That's a good. It's a good Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a good. Save it for. Uh, save it for a family, the holidays. Family yeah. Viewing. I'll save it for never because there's so many movies <laughs> I've never mistake. seen. That's a mistake. There's so many good movies that I've never seen that are way better than air. I can guarantee you that. That I should be trying to catch up <laughs> it was, with. It was it's probably true. It was a good fast food. Yeah. yeah. Or it surprised you. Hey, speaking of fast food, I don't even know if this is... It's like a fat burger or Chipotle. It's like, hey, yeah, there's fast food, but I feel good about what I've done. It's okay. not a burrito, but 
it, huh. it is Chipotle. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, all empty calories is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, real quick, real quick. Are you excited about uh, the live watch along this month? Um, ostensibly, yes. I'd like to hear what we're watching, but I like the idea of it. It was Brian's pick. Brian gets the shoes because he won gambling last month, yeah. and that's how it works. So for the live watch along, for those of you who are part of that tier, we watch a movie, Brian and I, uh, hand in hand, side by side, on my couch usually, uh, unless we're uh, doing it at the Chateau Maman when Florence invites us. But uh, that's why we did it last month, I guess. That's right. Now we're back to my place where we were watching it, uh, and then I have a little bell, and I ring the bell, and Atticus brings us drinks if I, if I so request. This that's, actually does happen. That's pretty good. Brian won last month, so it's his pick. I asked him at least two or three times. Brian, so, Brian dropped the ball. Brian gave me nothing, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to pick, and uh, we're going to be watching Rip Torn chuck a child, a baby, if you will, into a fire. <laughs> That's what I would have shown. We're watching Beastmaster, baby. I've never seen I'm so. Before. Have you never seen? No. Oh, the Beastmaster will be seen by all, by us at least, so uh, look for that. Uh, that's May 24th, uh, Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is when we begin that. So excited for that. Okay. The Beastmaster, according to... The uh, Beastmaster, yes. According to the poster. And yes, it is streaming on uh, Prime Video. Lucky you. Just you like Air. That's right. Tanya, a double feature. Tanya Roberts. Very young Anderson watched this uh, way too many times and probably should not have seen it at all, ever. It's really. only rated PG. Uh, wait till you see. <laughs> wait till you see. I mean, Rip Torn hurls a baby into the fire, Brian. Into flames. Into flames. You blew Gil's mind when you said that. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some movies. We got some fun stuff to talk about. This, I know. I know. I mean, I, Avery, and you need to have a camera for God's sake. Oh, and I also saw Nausicaa. Fucking rad. Oh, Nausicaa. Nausicaa. Very good. Nausicaa. Of the Valley of the Apparently, Wind. Apparently, there's... Uh, in the Valley of the Wind. I don't know if we had talked about this. In honor of Ponyo coming back out, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the 15th year anniversary, they're showing them all the Studio oh, yeah. Ghibli in theaters. Yeah, yeah. And I could have seen fucking Nausicaa, but I, I missed it. I believe it's Ghibli. Got some good Ghibli, news for is you. Is it Ghibli? I believe it's Jib. Uh, Ghibli. I've already bought, secured my ticket for Have me you. and the boy. Oh. We're going to see Nausicaa in the theater. So I haven't missed it. You haven't missed it unless they sold out. The theater that I'm going to is a small theater. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll send you the link. A listener sent me the link. Because they're like, most of them. Oh, I, I don't think it was all of them. They, a lot of them, but, yeah. But uh, most of them. Yeah. 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 Including uh, Mononoke, Spirited Away, Ponyo, Nausicaa, and uh, oh, a couple of the other big ones. Yeah. Where's the... Uh, July 9th. It's going to be playing in Los Angeles in three Ooh. separate theaters. All right. July 9th. July 9th. Yes. So Atticus and I are going to be seeing this. I hope that I'm not making a mistake by bringing him to something. Maybe I just say, no, I'm going to take Avery instead. But we'll talk. My other Maybe show. you can come to the same theater. We can Ooh. all like... Uh, Avery and Addy. I keep thinking about it. All, all week, uh, Avery said something real... Uh, Offensive. insightful i think last week where he's yeah, talking about impossible. people people that get offended and people that get really upset especially with like dark comedy and dark humor and making like fun of like really dark stuff especially if it concerns yourself or people that had no trauma growing up and i think you're really on to something with that yeah is that something you picked up on in the uh the, the comedy world i think well, I, I think i've never heard anybody who actually has that kind of background take issue with that sort of thing you it's, know what i mean yeah it seems like most people who've lived, walked the walk can talk the talk yeah. or can relate to it. It's interesting. I've, I've never really made that connection, but I think you're absolutely right. And the, a lot of the time, the people that are screaming the most and most offended are people that didn't really have a whole lot. I could be wrong. And I'm sure, you know, there's cases out there where sure. people were, you know, horribly, tragically abused and whatnot. And they still have a very thin skin or get very uh, wow. easily offended. Wow. But what's that? Thin skin. Oh, is that, is that just, but they just toughen up and take it. Thin skin. Well, I have a thin skin. So. That's true. 
Okay. Well, you made your point. But also, also I like to make fun of really like uh, horrible things that happen to me or Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Any more uh, traumatic emails from Gio? I have not. Gio just, he, apparently it, it helped me laughing at his childhood tragedy and uh, I guess being evicted from their apartment for dancing on his 10th birthday for less than 10 minutes. Uh, he enjoyed me laughing at it so much. It, it was cathartic for him and he thinks that I should uh, uh, do that uh, for, for listeners. And I said, no, Gio, I'm not going to ask people to pour their heart out so I can laugh at them. That just doesn't feel right. <laughs> but it worked for Gio. So yeah, Gio, keep them coming. Uh, to Brian. It was Gio's version of Fight Club where he, uh, he's crying at the uh, the men's meetings. That's right. But he doesn't have the brain tumor meetings where he just gets to let it all out. I was just thinking about that for the show. How fucking funny is that? My ex-wife met a guy and they're having a kid. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Are right, you ready? Where do you want to start? This is an interesting episode. We got a, uh, a wide range. I think we start with the uh, <clears throat> the juicy. What's, what's, what's juicy? I don't know. I think we start with the, like, I always think like, okay, what if people only have so much time to listen to this thing, right? And, and I don't want them to miss the best movie of the week. So why don't we go best to first, the best to worst? Uh, nah, it's not fair. We're talking air? We're not talking air because. <laughs> I already flicked across that. As far as what's in the theater, what's new, uh, I, not Jared Patrick's choice, which is a 1947 noir film, uh, which we'll do. Uh, uh, after we talk about the two new movies that are in theaters mm-hmm. right now. All right, so That's let's right. just start off with uh, the best of the two, the uh, the two It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia movies. Fool's Paradise yes, is in Fool's theaters Paradise, now. directed by Charles... No. Written it? Come on. Come on. We'll save that. Black, Black, Blackberry? Berry. Blackberry is a 2023 film directed by Matt Johnson. He, director of The Dirties, as Anderson has made sure to mention here before, uh, starring Jay Baruchel, Glenn Howerton, uh, Matt Johnson himself is in this film. Saul Rubinek, Michael Ironside, Carrie Elwes makes an appearance. 97% Rotten Tomatoes. I was uh, shocked. Flow? I think. Shocked? <laughs> I was sh- no, I was shocked going into this. Like, how is this fucking movie 97%? Yeah. Well, Matt Johnson. I think, I know, but he, going in, I think when we gambled on this, I think I guessed like 70 or 71, if I remember correctly. Um, so I was not prepared for this to be a, uh, Excellent movie, which it is. Yeah, in theaters now. Um, <laughs> this is it, it's it's funny that it's right on the heels of a movie like Air, which is good, and Tetris, which is also good. Mm-hmm. Sort of examining these. Uh, Anderson, we were the one who said, "Oh, we're going to start having these movies, biopics about companies or biopics products. about products." Yeah, yeah. It, that's brand essentially movies. what this is. Brand movies, yeah, mm. because brands have become such a huge Gucci. Another they do, one. They're right? doing one about the creator of the uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. I, I heard, I I heard but I think that that's like uh, fiction. Who knows? No, I mean, it's I a real product. But I think that they're like, they made up a bunch of bullshit about it. Oh, like a Weird Al yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's what I heard. I don't know. We're talking about Blackberry. Though. Yeah, Blackberry. So yeah, Matt Johnson blew, I think he blew our minds, right? When we saw the dirties back in the day. We've got to be careful to not t- to talk too much about the dirties because it's real easy to reveal what the movie really is about, uh, which you don't find out until the very end, which is... Uh, Ultimately shocking. It really is shocking and ballsy, ballsy, ballsy to, act, act, write, to sit down and write a movie like The Dirties. But I, we both highly recommend The Dirties. Matt Johnson kind of came out of left field. He's a Canadian kid, uh, really, really talented filmmaker, which comes through in The Dirties. And he also stars in it. He started in it with Owen, his, uh, his lifelong friend. And Owen is a teacher. He's a I wonder if Owen's in this one. I should have looked, but the two of them made movies together. And then uh, Matt Johnson, his next project was uh, Project Avalanche, um, Operation Avalanche, I Mm -hmm. should say, which is about 
once again, Matt Johnson and Owen, they star in this one as well. Uh, Operation Avalanche, which is about how they stumble across uh, the faking of the moon landing. And, you know, Kubrick is somewhat involved as an idea. And right. they, like, they fake the moon landing. There was some really good stuff in there, but ultimately it just seemed a little bit too big, I guess, maybe mm. too big of an idea for him. I don't know. I was let down. There was a great car chase scene in the middle of Operation Avalanche, which is almost worth the price of admission. But I was excited to see that he was back on the horse and making this one. Matt Johnson, I will always be an admirer and will always see whatever he makes. Was there any concern on your part where there was on mine where you're like, why is this guy making effectively what I, I, I incorrectly assumed would be a made for TV movie? Yeah. You know, um, like just the fact that it's what it is, you know, about the well, fucking phone. He's got that Canadian. Um, <clears throat> he's got that Canadian connection. He's very, very Canadian. This movie is very Canadian. As is Jay Baruchel. Mm -hmm. And this is a Canadian story, ultimately, with uh, the players involved. So why don't you set up what uh, what the what this premise is, and uh, we'll go from there. Feels feels uh, silly almost, but I'll, I'll tell you what this is about. It's right there in the title, of course. But uh, so uh, um, Matt Johnson and and uh, Jay Baruchel play the, uh, the 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 leads of uh, uh, Research in Motion, a Canadian uh, tech company, and they go to pitch their new phone. So this is on the this is like 1996, right? This is the the dawn of. Uh, um, Phone, uh, cell phones, yeah. cellular technology. Carriers actually becoming uh, available for right. like the everyman. Yeah, because like everyone's got pagers at this point, but they're like they're looking into making uh, cell phones that work in various different ways. Um, Jay Baruchel and uh, Matt Johnson themselves play uh, the heads of Research in Motion, and they go to pitch their product to Glenn Howerton, who could not be balder or uh, more uh, aloof and uninterested in their product. He, he, he his mind them. is elsewhere. He's got he, a big meeting coming up. And, yeah, uh, and he he uh, he goes cowboy and his he dismisses them almost entirely, leaves them sitting in his office. He goes into his meeting and uh, goes cowboy, uh, takes uh, takes um, responsibility for a certain report that was done. Yeah, by he shows his character that he's cutthroat and right. will a climber and will and do just, anything. And for just couldn't help himself just immediately. Yeah, <laughs> just immediately just dives in. It's genius because we can see his character, we can see his flaws, we can see just how aggressive he is right off the bat. We we see it by his actions instead of. And so then now he's so yeah. they fire him because of the deal doesn't go through. He acted like an asshole and his company fires him. He uh, out of the blue uh, calls on uh, Jay Baruchel and Matt Johnson. No, because they leave the their materials in his office. Oh yeah, that's right. About. By, he, by he, chance they left the yeah. easel. That's there. right. That's right. The easel's still there with, with the with the pitch. With so the pitch he gives deck. it his his. Uh, attention for the first time ever, probably. And he's like, maybe they're onto something and he's desperate. So it goes yeah. from there. He's looking for something. And he calls him up. He says, I will, I will be the CEO of your company for 50% of your company and yes, so much money. It's, it's, it's shark tank moment. Yeah. And then they negotiate. And, okay. Well, uh, you're telling the whole story. I mean, I, I'm telling the first 15 minutes of the movie. Feels like you're telling a lot. Anyway, the, the, the real, the, the meat of the conflict comes when Glenn Howerton's very abrasive, uh, ball silly. Uh, very uh, abrasive. His name is Ball Silly. Yes. Yes, Mr. Get uh, out the fucking internet. <laughs> he when he when he arrives at Research in Motion, the movie kicks up a notch or two mm. because Research in Motion. If you Anderson reminded me of was remember the Tower Records documentary? How like everyone at Tower Records at a certain point was just like 
they were a, they were they were like a stock boy from like twenty years ago, and now they're like CEO yeah. or they're like C, CEO or whatever. They're, they're, it's a clubhouse, and aren't running a real business. They're they're talking about Star Wars and having movie nights and fucking around the internet. Well, because they're a bunch of fucking, a bunch of nerdy friends bunch of that nerds. all got together. And Glenn Howerton is this like he can give a shit about Glenn Howerton's a businessman. He's, He's a salesman. Yeah, so he comes in and there's an immediate clash, and it, it's quite enjoyable. It's, it's a cool. culture clash for sure. Yeah, and, but it, it's enjoyable. The movie the movie sings. It's know? yes. It sings is like yeah, putting it lightly. It's uh, there's very little fat on this uh, mm. on, on this bone, uh, in this meat. It's very lean and like it's every scene from the beginning is a banger, and then the next scene's even better than that, and then the yeah. next scene's even better than that. Somehow each scene outdoes the scene yeah. from before. And yeah, Howerton definitely steals every scene he's in, but he's surrounded by really like Matt Johnson's character. Is I was amazing. blown away by how good he was. Matt he Johnson's was so a, funny. You gotta see the dirties. You gotta go back and watch. He the was dirties. excellent. He's fantastic. Uh, but but it's Howerton who plays a very sassy man. Would, would wouldn't you say? Would you not say? Very sassy man. <laughs> Dude, I, I you, you sassed hard. him. You sassed Oh, for sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sassed him. Oh, it's just just the tone of it. It's got a little um uh, succession was, to it for sure. Yeah, right? I, I thought it was kind of like uh, a Wolf of Wall Street meets Silicon Valley. Some of that of, in terms of some of the vibe. And some of another movie. This inspired this week's list, which is top five tech movies, mm. uh, because this is top sure. top ten tech movies I've ever seen. This wow. is a movie that won't get knocked off. I can't imagine it not being uh, in my top 10 at the end of the year. I absolutely love this movie. If it's not, it's a great year for movies. Yeah. If this does get bumped, it, I I'd have to agree. Uh, Only a couple complaints. Uh, and I'm surprised you're not complaining, but I thought some of the, maybe the wig work was a little bit, I mean, uh, I was, I kept hearing you bitch about Baruchel's wig. You know what? I did a lot of, um, looking at, uh, the real people because some of the wig work was, Called attention to itself, but the, the, these guys are, have very specific looks. You know what I mean? Uh, whatever the dude's name was, uh, Barishel's character. That's kind of how he looked. He actually is kind of a bigger guy. And then uh, Howerton, yeah, the, the ball silly. You know, look, it, the ball, the ball, the bald spot was not um, elegantly cold done. Cul-de-sac. It's a cul-de-sac. Yeah, cul-de-sac. Right? That's right. Another mistake. Another fault is that they didn't show the actual characters at the end of the movie, which. Would have liked that. Would have loved yeah. that. I love it when they do that. And then finally, this one's going to stick with me. And, and when I get a chance to talk to Matt Johnson, which I will one day talk to that guy and be like, dude, how'd you let this happen? Where he's like, they have movie nights with the, the nerdy friends and the guys that run the, the company. They have ner- uh, movie night. And he announces to everyone to their delight, movie night tonight, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Letterbox. And then they show them watching the four by three. Oh, that's interesting. Why not show a letterbox version? What was that? Or cut oh, the yeah, letterbox right. scene? Because they even yeah. mentioned it by now, like the letterbox version. Because it was nineteen ninety seven. That would have been a big deal. Yeah. To get the letterbox version to, to to project, and then it wasn't letterbox. And I'm like, it's like when there's a movie made about a movie and they make mistakes. It's like, hey, guys, this is the one. Well, the one thing you should famous for making mistakes about other people's sports. Yeah, of course. Yeah, law. But when it's about movies. Like, get it right, guys. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that was that was distracting. But other than that, this movie's damn it's, near perfect for what it really is. It's really good and it's really well acted. I mean, top to bottom, like Jay Baruchel like acts his balls off. He's he was very good. Uh landed <sighs> some of the most satisfying freakouts I've seen. I just loved watching him lose his shit. Now you watch It's Always Sunny, yeah? Yeah. So I mean he's playing Dennis, but like if Dennis came from a more like Ivy uh uh, uh, uh 
like a, a more culture background. Yes. I, I, to, I actually disagree. I'm just going to say that Dennis is really very overly cocksure of himself. He's, he's smug and he, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but he, he really believes in himself and he almost, to, you know, to an absurd degree, this guy is more like the shark that will, like smells blood in the water. Because he's, you know I mean? char- really he's not charming. He's not charming at all. He doesn't, doesn't try to be. And there's nothing like him. doesn't give a that. shit if people yeah. like him or dislike him. And you're right, Dennis. I was shocked when he said please once when he asked him to turn it. Could you please turn off the projector? I, I was surprised he even said please. Great character. Yeah. But you're seeing a lot of Dennis in the performance. Of course, you can't help sure. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's not like he, he disappeared and now... I wonder how people would take this if they're going to be completely blown away for those uh, who have never seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I think they will. I talked to a friend of mine earlier today who doesn't watch. He thinks ah, this might hurt our friendship, actually, now that I think about it. I'm just reflecting on our conversation earlier today, but he said he doesn't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because he doesn't think it's funny. Oh, no. I don't who is know this if I can more, be friends with this imbecile? guy anymore. That is not a valid reason. To it's not a valid reason, it. yeah. There's many reasons to, one could not watch it. That's not one of them. I have to question that relationship. Okay. But yeah, I wonder if this guy's going to be like Glenn Howerton is going to come out of left field and be like, who, who the, who is this guy? <laughs> He's fantastic. Now that we've oversold it, I know, which we may have guys, this is such a fun ride. It's fun. It's informative, energetic. And it, it, it goes quick. It does. It's a little under two hours and it feels like it's, it's moving what, the whole time. What, I didn't want what, it to end. I really no. didn't. What jurisdiction does the sec have in Canada? I understand that they, govern stuff that happens in the U.S., i.e. trades or whatever, um, payments. But, like, what could they have really done? You're asking, first of all, I'm offended that you're not looking at me. You're, right? you're asking Avery. You you, do you and know, why would Avery know? What does it stand for? Uh, it stands for Securities and Exchange Commission. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I would have lost that bet. I'm uh, pretty uh, offended, but uh, why you think anyone at this table would know, especially Canadian law, is beyond me. I have a degree in SEC. <laughs> Canadian law. <laughs> All right, no one knows. All right, I didn't mean to slip my coffee right into the microphone. I apologize. All right, let's talk about a sad movie. Oh, it was fun. I got I to gotta rewatch because there's a lot of quotes in there. There was It was so quick that it was hard to pick them all up. Sassy was great. Yeah, luckily, Sassy was very funny. I got to watch this uh, at home. We, we, we got screeners for it. Thank you very much uh, for the Oh, screeners. so you could go and back. I got to rewatch oh, a few scenes. Oh, you son of yeah, a yeah. bitch. I even pulled the, uh, the computer in to show my, uh, my wife one of the scenes and... Uh, she said that she didn't want to see it. She's like, I won't think it's funny. Anderson, please. And I'm like, honey, you got to watch this. And she, she's, she snickered. I got her. I That's got her good. Yeah. That, that is a high, that is a high watermark. Oh, I meant to ask you, were you familiar with the name Ballzilly being a Penguins fan? No, I don't, I don't remember any of that happening, but yes, there is. So there is hockey, uh, background hockey and there's hack, hockey throughout because Balsy Ball, Ball Silly likes his hockey and he's listening to whatever you know they make it a point and I thought that was just a Canadian thing whatever uh, hockey takes more of a center stage in the third act I was already texting friends of mine uh, halfway through this movie saying this movie is fucking amazing you gotta watch this movie it's so much fun I love this movie telling my wife like halfway through the movie I was, I was letting people know so it has nothing to do with the fact mm-hmm. that Gary Bettman's actually portrayed in this movie I didn't mean that. I just mean, I didn't know if you heard it. Making the news, making the rounds. And, uh, I might have back in the day. Everyone wanted to <laughs> to relocate that team at one point. Or oh, another. really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, they were very, uh, they were a damaged, <laughs> damaged franchise. You know what I liked about this too? Well, the the, um, the uh, storytelling was they skipped over all the stuff where like the, the product gets big. Like they smash cut well, I mean, right from- To Oprah. 
Oprah yeah, was the first person. Right to like, oh, it's a huge success. Yeah. We're not going to bother with all that shit. But they kind of made it seem like that wasn't even the biggest success I could get. And I'm, I had to do the math. I'm like, oh, I guess Oprah wasn't that big at that time. Oh, no, Because they was. started with Oprah. Oh, I think yeah. she's gotten bigger. No. In the late 90s? Because then later in the movie, they're getting even more excited for something that seemed like it wasn't as big as Oprah. Oh. I need yeah. to see this movie again. I almost went and saw it in the theater like afterwards. I, I was it was great up. in theaters. I would it love to go see this good. in theaters. Yeah. Maybe I'll still do that. It's not going to be in theaters long. And I was, the thing I was disappointed by was I wish there were more people in my theater because the couple of people who were there were really laughing and really enjoyed it. But this would have been great in a full theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just don't get that Because it's laugh out loud. It was very, very funny. I wonder if this gets a uh, cult following, like, you know, the type of movie you show it like 10 years later, like on the 10 year anniversary. Why isn't this big? This seems like this would be a no-brainer. There's so much noise out there, and they don't have any giant stars in it, right? Does this uh, sneak into the Oscars? I don't think so. Even for the fucking Green Oscars Point? are the Oscars. I like the sound. The soundtrack Maybe like a was writing. Fun. Yeah, I could see. I could see. Soundtrack was great. Oh, they yeah. incorporated some phone sounds in there too, and the ringing. And this has a lot of the same vibe as uh, the beta test, as far as office culture and, and yeah. the kind of things that I respond to, because uh, it's such a different world and it's well the beta test was a lot more while great the humor was much more subtle you know what I mean it was more it's almost of an overt like dr- satire dry laughs whereas this is they're, they're, uh, they swing a, for the fences over, there's some over the top laughter and, and, and comedy in the beta test mm-hmm. right not as much I mean he, he performs I'm talking about Jim Cummings alright there he is <laughs> there she is <laughs> his own wife <laughs> talking about the beta test now god damn I love that movie very sassy <laughs> very sassy man would you not say <laughs> oh I sassed him <laughs> sure always Matt, I love Matt Johnson he honestly might have been my favorite part of the movie I think he, he, bl- might, he blew me away I love Howerton in this but I think that Matt Johnson was like every time he's on screen I'm just like he's, he was great he had a very Judah Friedlander vibe and I love the uh, postscript too, the, the epilogue about it, that character. Yes. So I was satisfying. so happy. So satisfying. Because he finally does what I would think I would want to do in that position. No one ever does it. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's keep it's going. Great. Guys, <clears throat> see this movie. See it in theater. Support movies like this. We need more movies like this, which you know, not necessarily like product placement movies or movies about devices and technology, but just executed on, on this level. It's just so well done. How, how was it on the fun scale, Brian? Very fun. Yeah. yeah. Very fun, yeah. It's a fun movie. Let's talk about a movie that was supposed to be fun and talk about like uh, no big names in this one, so it's not probably going to get the uh, the love or the push. No big that, names? No, in, in, oh. uh, the, in oh. Blackberry. Oh, okay. However, there's another movie that came out and it will always be, in my mind, um, tethered to Blackberry and vice versa, Fool's Paradise, which is Charlie Day's directorial debut. He also stars in it. That also came out the exact same day. Stands in stark contrast in certain ways. Go ahead. Fool's Paradise is a 2023 film written and directed by Charlie Day, also of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, starring Charlie Day, Ken Jeong, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Edie Falco, Ray Liotta, Jason Zudakis, Common, Jillian Bell, and John Malkovich. Uh, Jason Bateman's in there, too. You say that? Was oh, I not mention that? I'm sorry. You may one. have. Maybe. He has a very small role. Small role, yeah. 14% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, uh, it's 14 now. 14. Jesus. Honestly, feels about right. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. This movie felt much longer than Blackberry. Yeah, it And did. it is significantly shorter. It's unfortunate, because I, I could totally see what the vibe was supposed to be and where it was going, and it came from a real place of love. I just... 
I, I can't quite put my finger on where it went wrong other than it just wasn't snappy enough and it wasn't funny enough and it wasn't. <laughs> That's funny. The one thing I would say is it's snappy because the pace is almost breakneck. But it doesn't match the actual no, comedy. No, it which doesn't at all. It, it, it's, it seems it's, like ugh. 20 years too late or something. I wanted so much to like this movie. Um, I think you mentioned this is kind of a sad movie. It's and sad. Not sad in content. It's sad in... Context that it just could have been really fun. And I can almost see what was going on in Charlie Day's head when he set out to make this. It just didn't get executed the way that they intended. It's hard to imagine a more disappointing movie. Like, I think you're right. I think you could be right. There's so many things here. And I wanted so much to like this, so I feel bad. This is a, this is a this is a passion project. The guy wrote, directed, and started. Yeah, you know, and it's very bad. Uh, so the story is this: uh, it, it you know, it's a satire of Hollywood, essentially. Which <sighs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, so it's about this, this, this guy who's in a mental institution. That's where we first see him. And, uh, he, he's a dead ringer for this big time method actor, mm. uh, played by uh, somebody who looks just like Charlie day, who is Charlie day. And I wanted a movie about that guy. Yeah. That could have been more that interesting. Would've, that would've been so he's on the, so the, the big star is a method actor. He's playing Billy the kid and he's being very, very difficult with the director and everyone involved and the producers. And, uh, they need to, uh, work with somebody who they, they happen to fall, uh, they happen to fall upon this guy who's in a mental institution, uh, Charlie Day, who looks just like him because they're the same. So they say, great, well, let's have him play some of the parts because uh, our lead actor is not leaving this trailer. He's being method. He's being very, very difficult. So they bring on this guy who's a mute uh, to do like a stand-in. To- As they point out, he's not technically mute, but he doesn't speak. He doesn't speak, right? And they're not sure why. They said something traumatic from his past, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It was something that was brought on uh, psychologically. And were you hoping I would just talk about it? Were you hoping that would be revealed? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. That would be too. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we're not getting that. There's a chance for this movie to become like, you know, kind of real and memorable, heartfelt Mm. and have, I mean, I'm such a sucker for things like that. There is a a moment at the end of the movie where I got a little, a little choked up, which is stupid. That's very dumb. I'm mad at myself for doing so, but it, it did. It got me. What ends up happening is this movie turns into a love story. Uh, between the mute Charlie Day, who is a nobody um, mental patient, uh, and a nobody publicist in Ken Jeong. It's almost, it's very much more Ken Jeong's story. Yes, because he has lines and whatnot. And, and it's also about his arc, you know, like Char- Charlie Day's character is exact, exact same at the beginning of the movie as he is at the end. For the, for the most part. Whereas Ken Jeong uh, goes through some uh, personal growth. And I will say that I, I uh, enjoyed Ken Jeong's performance. I enjoyed what I think it was supposed to be. Like he was doing work in this movie. You know what I mean? He was laying it all out there. I don't know that it added up to much, but mm-hmm. he was he was a for effort. They both sense. the two leads felt like subplots. Like they could have worked as a yeah, subplot. Yeah, and totally. Instead, they were the leads, and there was all these more interesting characters, perhaps. Like Sadekis's character, I could have seen more of that character. Andrew and Brody's character. Brody's character, which, it's just, they were all kind of written too cutesy. It was a little, it was, it was Wes Anderson it jammed was Wes Anderson. Into, two, into 90 minutes. Without all of the, the mise-en-scene, you know, right? That we didn't sure. see, the, the two-dimensional sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, yeah. But so as I'm far just, as the just core, talking characters. And it was it was Charlie Day also you know a love letter to the silent era uh, to an extent with Charlie with Charlie yeah. Chaplin and, and Buster Keaton and the, the silent stars of their time, but there wasn't 
very much slapstick involved, was there? No. Which you, it was a lot of facial stuff from Charlie, who I love. I love Charlie Day. I do, and yeah, I wanted to too. see this movie do well, and it makes me sad too. I think I didn't one hate of our, it. I think it's one of our finest comedic actors. So well, how is it today? so bad? It's it's. I don't even know if bad is the right word. It's it just fe- not good. It feels poorly conceived. It's just not good, and it seems like everyone is in a different movie. No one has any idea what the tone is really, what movie they're supposed to be yeah. in. Like some of them are playing it way over the top. Ken Jeong is playing it completely over the top yeah. all the way through. And then others are a little more subtle and, and it's not goofy enough or, or, or lampoony enough for it to get away with some of the yeah. performances. It's just the, the common character was out of place. A lot of characters. Out of I'm place. trying to remember. Comments. He was the homeless guy. Oh yeah, that that's where it really went south yeah. for me. Like I'm like, oh I'm maybe like, it's gonna turn. Doing? That was the point where it really needed to turn a corner mm-hmm. in a good way, and it kind of went down a really yeah. like weird. It turned the wrong corner. Yeah, it turned the it turned turned deeper into itself in a bad way. Common does that. It was all Common's fault. So what we're saying is, Charlie Day tried to make a good movie, and Common fucking ruined it. He ruins most things. That's I don't right. like Common. That's right. <laughs> I'm oh, not and a then the, the Malkovich scene. <clears throat> That was, I mean, we could see that telegraph from a mile away because you knew he's in the movie because you see his name in the beginning, right? And it's like, all right, here comes Malkovich. Uh, was it trying to see something bigger too? I think it the, really was. But we just missed it with the guy yeah. on, on oxygen who couldn't talk. And then that big soliloquy from, from Malkovich at the end did nothing for Added him. Added up to nothing. Yeah, I feel like we're being mean, but um, yeah. I don't like talking shit about movies, especially ones, you know, that... It, this is not a big studio movie. This is not a big, you know, summer blockbuster. Why, why has this got so few? Uh, the review count was shocking to me. I think it only has something like 25 reviews. I wouldn't be surprised. With all if, these stars. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't holding, uh, holding screenings. Oh, they, really? They, they knew, knew what they, they got? Had, yeah. Right. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Unfortunate it is. I, I wanted this to be really good. I wonder if he's got another movie in him or if he's just done now. That's my fear is that now he doesn't get another bite at the apple, you know, doing his own thing. Hmm. I, this is the type of movie I'd be furious. I'd be furious if, if critics were like signing off on this and giving oh. it. And I could see, I, you know, I've really? seen things like that happen where oh, like, wow. it's like, they like this? You know, this is the kind of movie where I get really, really pissed. Where, But uh, that's not, ta- now it's the other way around. It's too, I wish it was like 50 somewhere, or somewhere something. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it actually is kind of surprising, right? To see critics uniformly trashing this movie because- it has a lot going for it, critic-wise. Like, you know, it's quirky, it's weird, it's, about it's offbeat, it's on Hollywood. It's Charlie Day. Imagine he's, you know, well-received in those circles. And it's, a, it's lampooning Hollywood, which I'm sure critics uh, enjoy, like, you know, lap up with a, with a spoon when it's done right. But, yeah, it's just it's just the jokes. A lot, of, even Adrian Brody, like, it was a fun character, but, like, a lot of the lines were yeah. just... I was talking about how some of the lines, especially that first half of uh, Guardians last week, wasn't great for me. But, I mean, this made Guardians seem like... What was your favorite? <laughs> what was your favorite part of this? Do you, if one comes to mind, the Sedakis, that whole Sedakis scene okay. where he's in showing his house, and that was okay. Mm. I'm really digging deep here, but I would say the chair sequence. Can I get you a chair? You like that? No, no, but it's also my favorite thing. <laughs> I'm really scraping the barrel here. And like there, it's just it's it's one of those movies where Can I, I guess you share. We're standing here's yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that was pretty pretty good. I'm trying harder by the uh, by by crafty. It's it's one of those movies where like he at one point he's uh, Charlie Day's character who continues to fail upward, and he's just confused and he's just going through the like he, he's not even 
like Brian said, his arc doesn't do anything. He's just kind of going through the the story. Being he's swept up in a wave that he can't get in right. or he's out. He's part of, of the machine. Getting married and divorced, and he has no say in anything that's happening. So I'm like, oh yeah, uh, and he plays a mosquito, something called a mosquito, right? Mosquito boy. It's mosquito boy, uh, which is a superhero, which is you know satire of, of where we are with movies today, and. And it's CGI and he's supposed to be reacting to these tennis balls that Jason Bateman's shooting at him. And you could tell that it was supposed to be hilarious, but it's just, there was really nothing funny about yeah. that scene. Cause it just was what it was. Like, and I don't know if this, if the page just said, okay, then mosquito boy gets shot with, um, with, with tennis balls, doesn't know how to react. So the balls hit him. He, he doesn't understand that to duck. And this happens for 30 seconds. I, but and then there, they do that. There's no joke there. You there's know no I mean? tagline, the no punchline. Yeah, like if he was allergic to tennis balls, maybe we have, you know what I mean? There, there's some twist where or it's like- Or if like he had some kind of acrobatic skills that no one saw before and he's like starts something. dodging them very, yeah. it's anything, right? There's just, no, other than what was on the page, it was just, okay. Tough. Uh, watch it on a plane though. It's the type of movie you probably enjoy on a plane. Or, no, that's walk what out. air is for. That's what air is for. That's, air is a good plane. Yeah. Movie. Plus it's called air. Let's take, a, let's take a break. Light well, is there. Is that why are we taking a break? Brian, why are you so confused? Here's the original Blackberry. Well done. All right, after this, we'll finish up with the listener assigned film next. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. There is a corner of Los Angeles where dreams are brought to life. The, uh... Stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Made in Mars! Top of the world! Where legends are made. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy, and triumph that when sewn together, form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood, available now wherever you get podcasts. Priceline presents, go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. 
Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Welcome back. Thanks to uh, Jared Patrick. He's our assigner this week, and he assigned us a movie called Out of the Past. Bad title. We'll talk about the movie and whether it's good or bad. Anderson, you talked to Jared? I did. Jared is... Uh, what the hell is he thinking? Very fun guy to talk to. All right. I enjoyed talking to Jared. He's a cop. Ooh. We talked some stories, and uh, I ended up talking to him probably for far too long. Considering the kind of day that I had and the amount of stuff that I had to do, but I just continued to ask Jared more questions and uh, I really enjoy talking to Jared. So I'd never talked to him before. He's, uh, he's been listening for years and he thought, uh, you know what I want to, I really like this show. I want to uh, help contribute to the program. So he did so and he got us, he got an annual at the assigner level and he's assigned us this one. He'll be assigning us another one soon. All right. Uh, So out of the past, he knows that film noir is a dark spot for the two of us. We've got a blind spot spot. that is uh, a film noir and that said uh, this movie comes in at 8.0 on IMDB which mm-hmm. is towards the top indeed upper echelon of uh, rated films uh, and I liked it as well, much as I could like a film noir I just don't get the film noir I let really, me set the, let me set the I table I wish that I could this. let me set the table on uh, Jared's peck Out of the Past is a 1947 film directed by Jacques Tourneur I think it's French for Turner Tourneur director of the cat people Starring Robert Mitchum, Jane Greer, and Kirk Douglas. 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. You can rent this. Uh, this was uh, in 1991. The National Film Preservation Board of the Library of Congress added this movie to the U.S. National Film Registry of, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant films. Mm-hmm. Quote. Um, bad title. Stupid title, unmemorable title. Uh, if you ask me about this in a year, I'll be like, what? I don't know the fuck out of the Exactly. Past Maybe back in the 47, though, it was a fine title. Well, no. it's based on a book called Builds My Gallows High, which actually is uttered in the movie. That's a good title. This is memorable. Very good title. It's kind yeah. of evocative. It's like, oh, we got a lot of Emmys. Like, kind of oh. like uh, what the one we were just talking to Catch a Killer. I really like that movie. It's, it's also getting hammered by the critics. Came out earlier this year. I really, really like that movie. Uh, the original title was. Uh, Oh, Jesus. I'm forgetting that. It is a tough title. Continues, too. This is still part of the title. No, what is it? Uh, Murder in Plain Sight. No, Miscreant or something like that. What's another word for Miscreant? Misanthrope. Misanthrope. That was the original title. That's memorable. It's memorable. I know. And it worked like on three levels for that movie to catch a Anyways. Like uh, Anderson mentioned, this is a film noir. It's a classic film noir. There's a femme fatale. Uh, it's about a, a private detective, private eye, who's uh, looking into, uh, I guess, a disappearance and takes them all the way down to Mexico. Mexico sure has changed 
1947. Everything has changed. That's one of the most fun things about this movie is seeing how everything's changed because yeah. they're all over the place. They're in San Francisco. They're in Los Angeles. They're in, in Mexico. Tahoe. They're in Tahoe. Yeah. LA is uh, a shithole, isn't it? Uh, all, the, all the noirs I've read, it's a very crime-ridden kind of shithole. They don't really get deep in it. We see like City Hall at one point. Yeah, in the, the movie takes much more place in San Francisco and Tahoe. Yeah, all the other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a quaint little town too. I think in Tahoe, where it's like that strip, or it's right. just where because it's one. It's, it opens up. It's it's bookended. It opens up where he's uh, running the gas station. He owns a gas station, and uh, there's a deaf uh, mute. They call him deaf and dumb back then. Uh, kid who runs the gas station, and that's one that's, of the characters. Like, huh. Deaf and dumb. <laughs> it was right Not kind. <laughs> Not kind. Deaf and dumb. He's like, hey, hey boy. And then the lady doesn't look and he's like, throws something at him and like turns around. <laughs> and he's true. like, you know where Jimmy is? And the kid just looks. He's like, deaf and dumb, huh? <laughs> and I wrote. A simpler time. At that time, right as that's happening, I'm writing to my phone, deaf and dumb. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good fist fight in this movie later on. A very good fist fight. Uh, and uh, it's all about a frame up, which you, you kind of expect. And, uh, pretty good miniature car wreck at one point, which yeah. I enjoyed. Uh, this is a spoiler that, which I, what the, mm. I think people who like noirs, this one ticks all the boxes. Yeah. That's one a, of the problems that a, I have with this noirs. is a, I mean this in the best way, a tropey noir. If you're looking for a noir film to dig into, this is, you can't, you can't do much better. My favorite part was seeing Mitchum be so, so Mitchum, I, you know, I'm not really familiar with Mitchum. I've not seen a ton of his work. Uh, I've seen him as an older actor for sure, but seeing him play this cool, I like him more than uh, Bogart, which I know is probably blasphemous, mm, blasphemous to a lot of people, but Bogart wanted this role and they're like, yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he read for it and he's like, oh, this is, but I think they thought it was too similar to uh, Maltese Falcon. So they, but that's another thing that's interesting about this movie is Kirk Douglas and uh, Robert Mitchum. They couldn't have more different styles that's of right. acting. And apparently they are a real pricks to each other on oh, set really? and within scenes they were doing things to sabotage one another oh funny until the director finally stepped in and said guys you're costing me <laughs> and the studio everyone you, you gotta stop lots so of time they ended up uh becoming you know friends and working in sure. harmony but uh, at first they were real real uh, their egos got mm-hmm. in the way uh, it, it is back when Tahoe was much smaller. It's not that it's a big city now, but at one point, uh, they, they think he gives them directions. <laughs> they're like, they're in somewhere else. You know, they're in San Francisco, and the guy's like, come up to see me in Tahoe. Just drive up to Emerald Bay and take a right. Yeah. It's the big house. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That'll be the only one around. I did a lot of that thinking while I was watching this movie. Now, I watch movies from the 40s, 50s. For cinematics, I you know I watch them from all different times all the time. But with this one, it really felt like a small world. Like everywhere right. they went, like there was like four or five characters that were awake at that time. Yep. And they and, all knew each other. And they all knew each other. And like, it was just a, a completely different universe than what we're, we're used to today. He has a very understanding girlfriend because at one point she's like, if you still love her, about go back to her and yeah. then come back to me if, you, if you're not in love. She's a great person. Yeah, that's you can, right. If you love something, set it free. That's right. Yeah. Send it back to his ex. I think my favorite part of the movie was the end, which in talking to Jared, you know, he called it a, an ambiguous ending. I don't know if it was, but I, I'll just, I'll frame it this way. Was the last piece of information that was, and I'm not giving anything away. If anyone's planning on watching this movie uh, and you can watch it for free, if you go on prime and then, you, mm-hmm. you know, get like a, a one week long, uh, they offer you like, you know, get a, a week long subscription oh, sure, yeah. for free seven something, days and something. Uh, and it is a good movie, especially if you like film noir, like this was a very good, like film you noir said, movie. text the boxes, text all the boxes. Uh, but the last piece of information that is conveyed to, from one character to another is false. And we as an audience know that it's false. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think the reason it was false was because that character believes it or because that character is being altruistic? Does that make sense? Are you I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, are you talking about the fishing? Oh, that's a fun scene. <laughs> All right, and talking to Jared, who oh, assigned us this, this <laughs> you're wrong. Oh. And, well, I'll, I'll talk to you okay. about it off air. It's not All that important. But uh, there is a scene that involves a man with a gun and a person fishing. And <laughs> very casually, the person fishing, who you'd have to imagine has never killed a person in their entire life, nor even thought about killing a human being, casually casts the rod with the hook up on the cliff, catches the gunman on the shoulder, mm. pulls casually him pulls him to off his, the cliff. To his doom. To, to his, his death, demise. And then I think just goes on fishing. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, it's a fish or bite. It's a sturgeon or biting, Anderson. I believe they'd stop biting when a body literally. You ever heard of the feeding frenzy? <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens in film noirs, and you're that's supposed right. to just kind of go, go with along it. with it. Yeah. God, there's a lot of smoking. There's a broken take, or it's not even a broken take. I, re I was reading this. Mitchum was talking about how much he smoked. Like he just smoked nonstop back then. Okay. And there's a scene, and it's in the movie, where he walks in. Uh, and Kirk Douglas offers him a smoke and he responds with smoking. Yeah, yeah he holds already, up a cigarette. He's already, already there, brother. Yeah, and they just continued on with the uh, right. with the scene. But yeah, that was like in the dialogue, Kirk Douglas' character was supposed to offer him a cigarette and he was already smoking. But yeah, I it's, about that. it's uh, very tropey in all the, the best ways. You know, it's funny, like this. you know what I picked up on? Not the, the, It's funny, you picked up on the smoking because you love smoking so much. Because I read about it afterwards there, bud. Also, I have you. Did you notice? You're gonna pick up on a ball thing. How how fucking dare you? Do you ever notice how many drinks Mitchum gets like one or two sips into and just yeah. leaves the whole drink? Yeah. Like I'm making martini. Sure, dink. There you go. Yeah. Gotta go. That reminds there's me of a lot else. of there's there's something out there. I think there was one drink finished. I think there was a Benicio movie that we we picked up on and. And every scene, he has like a sip of a drink. Mm. I think it was a Benicio role. Was it the stupid movie we hated with the Fish Islands? Yeah, it might have been. I think it was. The Soderbergh movie. Yeah. I think he might have been drinking in every, I think that might have been like like in his writer or like his contract. Like I Must have to have be drinking every single scene. Could be that. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah, this is uh, out of the past. I'm glad that I saw it. I, you know, Same. every every time I can see a movie that's outside my wheelhouse and I can have a better reference for sure. Okay. I still just don't understand. And I got friends that are really, really like Greg Szymanski. He's probably the most, he probably knows more about movies and like who made them. And you know, he's like a walking encyclopedia. He loves noir. And it's kind of, kind of tickles the same, the same uh, funny bone as like uh James Vaughn movies, because maybe. you know, you're going to get this, you know, you're going to get that. You know, That's the what Bond Jared girl, was saying. Like the gadgets. If you're in a certain mood, you know exactly where you're mm. going to get. So you can sit down and, and have that. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm ever in the mood for like an adult Scooby do, you know, cause they're all, they're all the same formula. Yeah. Some are done better than others. This is a, a one done one that's done well, but they all dress the same. They all kind of talk to, the same. Yeah. There's always a frame up and there's always, there's always a, a girl trying to double cross you. Right. Always. So mm. someone trying to dry out. I feel like that's a big thing. So he's sobering up or there's wrong, was there's strung out or I think Kirk Douglas's character may have at one point, they just didn't lean into it. Well, you know what? But he was pretty straight. The Mitchum character, the whole thing is framed around his new life. Right? Yeah. He's the gas station owner, and then it becomes, let me tell you about this crazy story back in San Francisco. Yeah, it's he, the old trope. Like, he got out of that life, yeah. then he gets uh, yeah. sucked so back in. in. In that in that structure, that trope, that framework, yeah, he's he's turned his life around, and he's left it behind. He's still having a couple sips, though. You know, what Avery yeah, was is suggesting it? is, like, is anyone I trying know, to, like, kick the habit? I'm with you. He was 
he was not kicking any habits. In fact, he was smoking into scenes that he wasn't supposed to be smoking yet. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's uh, that's out of the past, which Brian said. Like, I, we'll we'll probably both forget what that movie uh, is because of the title when we see the title ten years from now. Dumb title, Six but months. good movie. Yeah, good movie. Would have liked to hang my uh, build my gallows high. I'm excited to, to discuss uh, the the end with you uh, here. I don't okay. know if excited is the right word, but I'm eager to. I can't remember. We'll have to fucking look it up. There's vital information that's conveyed to one character from another at the end of the movie. Perhaps one of those characters does not speak, Brian. Is this? Oh, that's right. And the information is false. Yeah. However, it's... It's the question is, does the person who's conveying the information believe that or are they saying that to be nice? That's the question. Okay. And I got nothing. I got nothing from him, even though I tiptoed around, possibly spoiled the movie. Didn't help. Didn't, his response was, okay. That was his response that he just gave me. The first pitch in a Blackberry. So good. Very sassy man. <laughs> Would you not say? You sassed him. <laughs> I, d- I did. God, I love that movie. <laughs> I was so sad when my uh, screener link ran out because they, they gave it to me like for like four days, I think. I kept going back. Uh, like, I'm like, oh, I want to watch that scene. The guy smoking quick. the cigar in the restaurant. That was glorious. <laughs> them, them trying to sell the phones. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just gotta, I, I, I was fantasizing about being one of the, like getting that, that job for like a week. Just go be obnoxious and drink just and Just be loud. a shithead, yeah. And they'll all hate you, but they'll want to be you so bad. Yeah. That would be so much fun. I was great. Blackberry. A lot of people, I was just hearing like a year or two ago, a lot of people want their Blackberries back. There's still Why? a whole bunch of people that miss. Really? I was talking to. Who the was buttons. Who was I talking That's to? fucking stupid. I miss, I miss sending texts and traffic. Oh, I was talking to Joe, Doraville. I miss sending texts and traffic between my legs while driving with, you know, without looking. Like I used to. Yeah. On my phone. Yeah. All the safety could, stuff now sucks. I could send text and I would not take my eyes off the road. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, you you can almost see it in your mind yeah. as you're texting. You get the little. I was so. We all were yeah. with the old flip phone. And now with the uh, iPhone. You, well, now a Siri is uh, the game over. I mean, just she's more distracting than, than anything. No, you're just dictating your text. It doesn't work, Brian. Especially with you, I'm Every sure. Every text I send you is dictated. <laughs> is it? No. You don't send text. You don't respond. That's true. You got me there. Brian, we need to know this for the listeners. I, I need to know. Please let me know. Nothing. He doesn't care. I feel bad. Hey, it's help people who are watching. The Beastmaster. Oh, that's right. Yes. He doesn't care to the point that he doesn't even remember the announcement <laughs> earlier in the pool. It was, it was a half an hour ago. Can't All be right. bothered. Later this week, we will be discussing... Watching Beast... Oh, go. Top five movies based on tech. Technology movies. Uh, and that was it, all in how, response to Black Bear. I'm curious. Uh, how, how wide... Uh, bless you, buddy. Take a rain check on that. <laughs> Excuse me. How wide your net was because the net, because a <laughs> lot of movies are about tech. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where the main driving force of the movie would be tech. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like face, like the network is probably the best example of it. However, the there's an argument network? that could be made social network. Mm-hmm. Uh, an argument could be made that, you know, it's more about relationships and, uh, a, a, biography. That, yeah, that's the bio- argument I came up against every single movie. It's like, this isn't so much about tech as it is about fathers and sons. But I guess I'm, I, I'm, I'm digging too deep. An argument can be made that her is a prime, a prime example. Mm, true. Prime. What or, are we doing? We're giving stuff away. It's about loneliness. My number one is pretty goddamn great. I can tell you. That I can tell you. Right. It's a great excuse to talk about some movies that maybe I haven't brought up in too True. Long. Very true. In fact, mine is... Uh, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret. Mm. Documentaries make an appearance. 
Yeah, I got one yeah. duck. All I right. got one duck. All right. <laughs> That's coming up later in the week or immediately after this, if you're uh, listening back to back. Uh, thank you, Jared Patrick, for assigning us out of the past. We appreciate, first of all, you being a uh, an assigner, a Patreon member, a subscriber, but also uh, taking the time to assign us a film we have not seen. Had you heard of Out of the Past? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. I had heard I of Out not. of the Past. I had not. There you go. Second, I had forgotten the title, though, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I was familiar with the, the Mitchum Out of the Past. Second Dam is our featured artist. I should also say, Against All Odds uh, was a remake oh, of yeah. Out of the Past, 1984. Not, not much of a better title. Oh. But Against All Odds was the 1984 remake Against Wasn't All Odds. Wasn't that where odds. that Phil Collins song came from? I don't know. Bro. Avery, help me out here. Second Dam is the feature artist this week. Anderson and Brian.com is where you go to find information about them. God, you know what? Jeff Bridges is in a lot of, uh, a lot of remakes, right? That's right. What's the one we just talked about? Sporloose. Uh, yeah, Sporloose. Right? The Vanishing. Vanish. Uh, King Kong. <laughs> King Kong. Uh, True Grit. Blow, blow, blowout. True Grit. True Grit. What the... He's the king Jeff Daniels. of reboots. It's got to be more. <gasps> Jeff Daniels. I'm talking about Jeff Bridges over here. Jeff Bridges. It's mm. got to be more. All right. Tron. Well, he's in the original, but he was also in the reboot. True. Iron Man. Shit. All right. Uh, Anderson and Brian. Com is the website. Kong. Good pull. Good pull. Anderson Bryan is the Instagram. Anderson Bryan is the TikTok. The Film Fault on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to check out our YouTube, the Film Vault Podcast. The Film Vault Podcast. Eric Kath. Eric Kath killing it over there. Killing it. Uh, thanks also to Mike Cole, the aforementioned Eric Kath, Mitch Burns, and Giovanni. How many Canadians are in there? A lot. We got a lot of Canadians, yeah. That's right. This is like a, a Canadian love letter, this uh, fucking. Black Matt Johnson's Matt Johnson. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a Canadian love letter. Yeah, a bit. What the hell? What's going on with IMDb? It continues to just suck. Page unresponsive. IMDb, what happened to you? You guys need to fire. Maybe Ball Silly came in and took things over. Doesn't Ball give a silly. shit. Yeah, he canceled movie night. He did. He canceled. Right. He did not give a fuck. <laughs> Ball Silly did not care who liked. What was he after? Like we, we still don't quite understand like what his main motivation was. Right? It was very interesting. There was no backstory. There was no like sexy time hookers. Because normally that's all in these kind of movies. And you don't need that at all. And this you movie did not slow down. Well, I, I didn't know, even I notice that until I think the movie the was over. Thing was his like you know his everything. Yeah. Like he was he was very they, they but that was all, like he loved hockey for he was sure. Listening to hockey talk in the car. But know, it was interesting. Like, that the, no hookers and blow. That's, I feel like that's in all these movies. Yeah, you're right. They didn't go down None that tropey road. None of it. There was no relationships being ruined for long Nothing. hours, like what, just all friendships. that stuff. Yeah, it, and I don't. I mean, maybe, maybe some people would miss that. I did not at all. I did not miss no, any no. of that. I, I, I didn't bit. think about it just now. Yeah, I noticed that it wasn't there because I'm like, if I was seeing this in the theater, like that's usually when I oh, go to the bathroom. It's like when that's yeah. like, sorry, honey, I know I've been working late, and it's like, oh Jesus, here we go. This we movie to, does not well, pass the Bechtel test. Probably does not. <laughs> Probably does not. They're here to work on the greatest phone in the world. <laughs> that's, I, yeah, that's why people. <laughs> oh, so good. Enjoy them. Despite the lack of ladies. <laughs> there are so few ladies. They've just been abused. It's good that they weren't in here. It was not a lady-friendly environment. That's true. The one time they focused on a woman, she was being told she had a little penis. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. We do it for Van Gogh.
Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that because you're already listening to a podcast. Welcome to the future in this year's wildest super fun show for adults. Hey gang, it's Josh Olson. And Joe Dante. And we want to tell you about our podcast. It's about movies. Josh, there are a thousand podcasts about movies. Sure, but ours is different, Joe. That's true, actually. Our guests are writers, directors, musicians, comedians, actors. Hell, we even have other podcasters on. We play no favorites, and they don't talk so much about their own work but about the movies that have influenced them and made them who they are. We call it the movies that made me. We've talked with people like Guillermo del Toro, Little Stevie Van Zandt, Martin Short, Ethan Hawke, William Freakin, Barbara Crampton, Jonathan Ross, Dennis Lehane, Mark Duplass, Adam McKay, Lorraine Newman, Jason Reitman, Alison Anders, Elijah Wood, Stephen Canales, Eli Roth, Joe Bob Briggs, Roger Corman, Bobcat Goldthwait, Leon Douglas, Dana Gould, Martin Campbell, Shane Black, Albert Hughes, Emily Deschanel, Joe Biafra, Larry Fessenden, Nicole Hawson, Shaka King, Lee Daniels, Roslyn Chow, Clancy Brown, Harvey Smith, Ike Arnold, Steve Arquette, Thomas Melton, Jim, and Uwe Boll. It may not be highbrow, but it's lots of fun. Subscribe for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. In color to thrill you as never before, 